0: so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it.
1: All right, hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grip Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of CSU and your host of the show. And today, if you're watching, for those of you listening, you won't notice this, but I am in my office office instead of my home office. Very seldom do I record podcasts from here, but I'm excited today. I have... Danny and Josh Hampton with me, and they have a team that is five agents, and they have been going through the same struggle that I would say 90% of teams go through. Like 90% of teams are probably in that same struggle right now. And these guys are on their way out of that. And and I know that because I know where they're headed. We're going to talk about that vision today. And I know some of the things they've implemented. And I think it's a journey that we may have to have you guys come back in, you know, nine months, 12 months to talk about where you are today and where you end next year. So you guys did 40 million in volume last year with a very small team, Danny in production. Yes. Josh, you joined the business five years ago. You got out of corporate America, decided to jump in, join the business. And I guess maybe we could start, Danny, by telling, just telling us why you got into real estate, how you got into real estate. I know you were on a team for four years, someone else's team. So tell us a little bit about that journey to kick things off today.
2: So when I got into real estate, I was fairly young. I was 22 years old. So in that moment, I was thinking about how when you get into real estate, you need to know a lot of people. And all of the people that I knew at that time were most likely still living with their parents or broke, so I kind of naturally went to thinking about I should join a team. I wanted something to stand on and have the confidence of someone who's already proven their business and I could be a part of it. So I did join the gentleman who had helped us sell our house previously, and I joined his team. I love honestly i'm just a people person so i really like just being able to connect with people and hear their stories and see how i can help them right what year like was that people, that you
1: came into the business 2013?
2: 2013 2013 okay. so i was lucky enough to be an agent who had to master sign calls because in that moment, I don't feel like the market was as easy to access through all of the different apps and things that are out there at this moment. So I had to master the people who are just calling the for sale signs. But honestly, as far as like the beginning of the business, I got to see an amazing real estate team thrive. And we sold a lot of homes. And then I also got to see the real estate team fall apart. So I got to be a part of a two real estate teams that did pretty high production, but honestly, there was no systems.
1: Okay. Tell me why those teams or that team fell apart.
2: Probably, I would say a lot of it would have to do with the messages that was getting between leadership and agents. So I just never felt like we were in the, we didn't have the same mission. Okay. Um, and so I felt like if anything, there was always misalignment there as far as what our mission was.
1: Okay, so that's interesting. So how many agents did they have at their peak?
2: I believe at their peak, I actually think he's, they were probably around the same size as I am now. So about five agents.
1: Okay, okay. So I think you all know this, but I'm gonna emphasize this again. Any team that stays at five agents goes from five agents to one agent, to five agents to one agent, to five agents to one agent. And what happens is the owners of that team end up in production, trying to get out of production, in production, trying to get out of production. And it's just not a way to grow and scale a business. So most teams that size do not have systems in place. And that's actually why CSU exists. So anyway, thanks for sharing that. I'm glad you came to a team though, because even though it was only a team of five agents, being on a team, in my opinion, is critical to start out to have success in this business. Even more so today than it was ten years ago. I don't think it's possible today for a new agent to come in on their own and not be on a team and survive more than a year. So, I don't know. Do you guys there's agree with to, that? There's disagree? A lot
2: to learn. Yeah. Yeah. No. There, we agree. <laughs> there's a there's a, there's so much to learn. I just feel like I got to see what worked and what didn't work. And just like any company, I feel like you should work in that business before
3: you start your own.
1: Yeah. Cool. Josh, how did you get sucked into this business?
3: So yeah, I, I was always doing something for her on the back end, as far as handling, you know, organizing emails, making sure that the finances were correct. She was getting paid correctly. And so while I was working in corporate America, our youngest daughter was born. She was born with a heart condition. And so when we got out of the hospital, she was required to be on medication. And we didn't necessarily trust anyone else to give her medication. So when she turned around and made my annual salary in one month, it was pretty much decided that I was the one that was gonna quit my job and stay home. And so I did that. And then we talked about it and decided that the best route was for me to join her team and help implement a lot of the processes and systems that she was missing. Okay, so is
1: your role actually the systems, the operations side of the business? Yes, I okay. handle all the operations. Okay, and Annie, your role?
2: My role right now, I'm lead agent. So I like to say I'm ahead of all marketing and sales.
1: Okay, so you head up sales and marketing. And when you say lead agent, that means you are still in KW terms, the Rainmaker. Yes. You are still in production. Yes. Okay, great. It's great background. So Denny, (laughs) do you have the goal of getting out of production?
2: I do. I honestly, it's crazy because I feel like when I got into real estate, I never saw that being a end goal. I honestly thought that you become a real estate agent and you are a real estate agent until the end of time. And I believe it took me going to a few events and workshops and just listening to different podcasts and just honestly seeing that there are agents out there who have built a business that they didn't have to be the main producers of or even have to produce at all. So when I saw that, I felt like I felt like our whole world shifted. And that was only about a year ago. Okay,
1: good. So right now you're at 60 million of volume already this year.
3: We're on pace to do 60. You're on pace to do
1: 60. Okay. And last year you were at 40.
3: Yes. Where do you want to end the year this year? As far as size, I would say we are going to end this year with 12 agents. And we will do 60 million this year. I think that that's our goal, at least to hit, if not more. That's our conservative goal. Yeah, we're pretty positive on that.
1: So I'm going to say you're going to end the year at 80 million and (laughs) 12 agents. Yes. Yes. 12 to 15 agents, at least 12 agents, right? Yes. At yes. least 12. So we'll report back to everybody on this, but <laughs> what is different today than nine months ago, 12 months ago? Like how are you guys growing in this market? Right. I know there are a lot of large teams growing in this market that are recruiting very aggressively. And this is a time that agents are leaving brokerages. And moving into teams. This is also a time when new agents feel like they have to be on teams. So things have changed. But, like, what's different in your business today than it was, you know, 12 months ago?
2: So, a, a year ago, I believe really understanding where our business was and knowing the numbers, I felt like that was really important. And we, didn't track the numbers. Like I felt like we should have been doing as far as being a a real estate team and really owning the fact that we own a business. So now that we, when we found out our numbers and I realized that the whole reason why I experienced burnout, I burned out probably every six weeks, I would experience some type of burnout. And it was because all of our business was dependent on my lead generation. So when I realized I was the only lead generator on my team and the agents on my team were lead receiving, I realized that we had to change our culture. But the other thing too, with understanding how the market shifted was a majority of our business was coming from my sphere and my own, basically my feet on the ground. Right, So the people who know me or heard of me or see me on social media that was all again, part of my own personal lead generation. So there wasn't even leads for my agents on the team to call. So when I realized about a year ago that I wanted to have that goal of getting out of production, I was like, we have to have more leads. We have to have more sources because it was all dependent on me and how can I grow another agent if they were dependent on my personal sphere?
1: Okay. So having come from other industries, myself, personally, I spent a year and a half helping spring build her team. And then I, and then I started CSU because I saw all the pain points in this industry. That being said, you guys, you say you knew your numbers. Like, what is it? What numbers is that? Like in business, I think outside of the real estate industry, people know their numbers. Inside of real estate, people did not know their numbers prior to some of the things available today. And I think we're probably the biggest impact on that. But tell me what happened. How did you guys become aware of
3: this? So the biggest thing is that, yes, we knew our numbers like last year. What numbers? So here's the thing. We knew our numbers. We knew numbers like we know how many units we've done. We know how many sales. Okay. That we didn't, we didn't really treat it like a business. So last year, when we had that shifted mindset and start acting like it's a business and we had to become business owners instead of just working in our business, we knew that we needed to know more details about what kind of, how many leads we were getting in, what kind of conversion ratios we were having, how many conversations were we having, you know, how many appointments were we going on? It's like very important to know the nitty gritty because you can't communicate that to anybody you're attracting if you don't know those numbers to be able to say, we can confidently tell you what kind of business you can do based off these numbers that are proven in our business. Okay,
1: cool. Does that trickle down, Danny? You're leading the sales team. Does that trickle down to the sales team? Do they all operate that way now or or how does that work?
2: Or do they just still wait
1: for your leads?
2: Exactly. So no, the culture and everything has changed because I know The biggest thing for us is that you want to try to create some type of predictability for them and knowing like, okay, if I do this action, then I'm going to be able to produce this type of result. So when people were lead receiving from me, well, they didn't care about what I did, they just wanted to get the leads. And, but if they wanted to be like, well, if I want to be like you, what do I need to do? Well, I never wrote down how many conversations I had or how many doors I knocked or whatever activities I did to be able to actually produce that lead. So now I felt like it's just took the guesswork out of it it is just to be able to actually see on paper. Okay. If I'm able to have this many conversations a day, now I have the ability to have this many clients and this many closings in my pipeline.
1: Okay. So you say C on paper, how are you tracking them?
2: Right. So obviously us becoming Sisu clients last year was a game changer for us. And I think for, and kudos to you, because Josh is the like world's pickiest when it comes to technology, because he comes from the IT world. And the fact that it gave something that was user-friendly for like the salesperson, right? Like I'm a salesperson through and through. So, you know, don't give me a lot that I have to really work through. Just give me buttons.
1: I'll give you a (laughs) sales (laughs) force.
2: And then for him, just being able to have that data, to be able to pull those types of data and just being able to understand where an agent needs training.
1: Yeah. So Josh, with you running the ops, like since you got CSU, what's the biggest difference for you?
3: Realistically, the biggest difference for the operation side has been kind of the client experience, as well as the ability to shift and pivot on any decisions that we didn't make financially. We use it to decide if we need to reinvest some of our funds into different marketing efforts or if we need to, you know, completely change our systems as far as how we handle listings or buyers, it has really kind of perfected our operations processes.
1: So you're telling me, you know, which leads you're investing in and are that are actually producing for you. Yeah, I do. Isn't that a concept? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So something you mentioned, Josh, is this, you said the client experience, what's happened with your client experience?
3: So, one of the things that we used to do is we have our transaction coordinator that would send out these emails to our clients, and it's basically just updating them throughout the entire process. So, so how often would these emails go out? It was constant in as far as depending on which part of the process we're in, you know, as soon as they go under contract, they'd get two or three emails as soon as they're passed on. Their due diligence period. there's another two or three emails. And it was just probably a total of, 10 emails between contract to close. And it really kind of put a little bit of a damper. It was good for the client experience, but now that we've been able to automate it and have those emails go out automatically instead of our transaction coordinator having to write them each time, it's actually freed up her time to focus more on making sure that the client is getting that personal care and touch outside of just emails.
1: Okay. So you set up, automated emails I'm guessing in Cisu? Yes. That based on a certain date they automatically fire with certain information, information that you've prepared automatically so they fire at the right time. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Okay, cool. Is there anything else on the client side that you guys have done that makes a difference?
2: Well, so it's crazy to me because over the last 5 years we truly put so much work into these like email templates and and these notices to be able to make sure our clients always know what's the next step because I was trying to remove phone calls from my life. I was yeah. trying to remove all those hey what's next, what's going on. I wanted them to be ahead of us and that simple task of, we do not get phone calls or anything anymore because our clients feel like they know what is happening. They are very aware. And the client experience for us is just taking the questions out. They feel confident in what we're doing. They know what we're doing. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, we get their home sold, but we're able to spend more time focused on that relationship piece because we're not bogged down by all the operations side.
3: Okay. So are you guys, did you guys roll out the client portal as well? Yes. The client portal has been huge for us because it is, it's a client roadmap and they're able to see the entire process as we go through it and know what is coming next.
1: I figured when Danny said their clients are always ahead of us, they knew that. I didn't know if you had set up that many automated emails or, or that they actually are able to log in to the client portal. So have you guys gotten any feedback from the experience on your clients on that or, you've just noticed that they're having a better experience
0: if you've been enjoying grit please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five star review and sharing it with a friend now back to grit
3: we have actually gotten direct feedback from our transaction coordinator that the feedback has been very positive they've enjoyed being able to just log in somewhere and see what's coming next what we're doing and you know how they can prepare for they're closing.
0: Okay.
1: So they actually know you're working for them.
3: Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Danny, has this changed at all the way you follow up with your customers on a weekly basis, your pending customers?
2: Yes. So I just honestly, a couple of the things for myself and for the agents on our team, the fact that we even have our own personal tasks of things to do when Clients are in certain parts of the process is just, again, taking that guesswork. We don't have to go assign ourselves these tasks. We're reminded when these things happen. And I'm able to see that I need to call this customer today. And again, we get to just talk about what's going on in her life, build on that relationship side, because I'm not having to spend 20 minutes explaining to her what's the next step.
1: Yeah. So your life has gotten easier. Do you have more freedom than you used to have, Danny?
2: absolutely and honestly what's crazy to me i think is the agents who are joining our team and they're doing their own deals and they've done real estate before joining my team and they said they're like it honestly feels so effortless that they get that reminder that closing's coming up they're calling their client and they just feel like they didn't have to burn all these midnight Hours just being able to, you know, make sure something was done because we have everything working in the background.
1: Okay. So, systems, in my opinion, systems equal freedom.
2: It's created a lot of balance in our lives. Like, I think something I'm hearing from even agents who are like my social media friends is they're like, how do you get to spend so much time at night with your family doing things? Or going on vacation, and you're still out producing in certain numbers and things like that. And it's like, because we're able to create balance because we have these systems.
1: Yeah, cool. So, Danny, let's talk a little bit about how you shifted from where you were a year ago. Agents were just waiting for your leads, basically waiting for phone calls from leads you had generated. What are your agents doing now? Do you have them prospecting? And how did you make that shift, if so?
2: So yes, we, I realized when I was having that constant burnout, that something had to change. And actually it was in July of last year that we had a big giant meeting with our team. And we just said, something has to change here. And it was that we had to set standards in our business, where if someone was a agent on my team, that they needed to put in so many hours on Uh, prospecting for clients and being able to go find leads and do actual lead generation activities. But of course, we wanted to deliver them because they're on our team. We're going to have these systems, we're going to get trained on them, and we're going to understand and we're going to use them. So it honestly, it took a big 180. And we ended up everyone who was on my team last year, by the end of the year, no one who was on my team, was there anymore other than my operations. And we started brand new with our agents. So they left Um, your
1: team because they were agents who did not want to work. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like it was, I call it the monster I created. You know, They came into my world. I built up those expectations. I didn't set standards in my business. I mean, I think it's because I didn't really identify as a business owner. I think I just identified as a agent.
1: Yeah. So you had five agents at the time. They were just kind of sitting back waiting for leads. Now you have five agents again, correct? Last year we had three. Yes. Okay. What do these agents, what does their daily schedule look like? Your current agents.
2: So our agents, we have them on rotation on certain lead days, as far as leads that are coming into our business, that they have certain lead days that are coming in. However, they are expected to make a hundred or have a hundred conversations a week they need to have one appointment met. We are making sure that they're holding these standards. So if there's open houses, they're scheduling and posting our open houses on our listings. So we have all of these numbers tracked and they understand like, okay, if I have this many conversations and this many appointments, I'm gonna be able to make my goal at the end of the year. And we really spend time with our agents to do their goal setting so that they understand the compound effect of doing these daily activities that's going to help them reach that income goal that they're trying to reach.
1: Okay. So it sounds like every single one of your agents has an income goal. They know what that goal is. You know what that goal is. They know what activities they need to do in order to hit that goal from conversations to appointments to et cetera, which is where it starts. And you're fully aware of that as well. So you can help them reach their goals. Is that, is that correct?
2: Yes, it just, again, takes out that guesswork, you know, what's not working for me, what is working for me, where should we shift if someone, if I know someone is having better conversations at open houses, well, then we're looking at making sure that they are able to host two or three open houses a week, versus them spend more time on the phones, if they're able to convert that, if they're having a better conversion ratio at open houses. Okay. So we're able to really be specific about their activities.
1: So you actually know where each agent thrives and what are the best lead sources for each agent just because you have that knowledge where you didn't used to. Is that right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I think there were so many hours wasted just trying to guess. Yes. (laughs) Okay.
1: So you guys are moving to 12 to 15 agents this year, 60 to 80 million this year. Congratulations. I always love seeing our customers double their business. That's why I say 80. (laughs) Because you should be doubling your business every year. Yes. So what are your biggest challenges today? Like what or what could
3: keep you? It sounds like you're on pace to hit 60. What could keep you from obtaining that goal? Honestly, it's going to be anything that would keep us from obtaining that would be as far as anything in our leadership and not keeping those standards and expectations that we have set already. I don't think that there's anything right now that we are doing that is keeping us from those goals. We're constantly growing. There's nothing that is preventing us. And so right now, sky's the limit for us.
2: I'll be quite honest right now too for us is that we focus a lot on what we needed to do to help the agents get better at what they're doing and they know what activities they need to be doing. And I'm over here like, I think operations got a little lost about what we do. making sure that we're doing the right activities that's helping, you know, pivot our business forward. So, we've had to implement coaches into our life to really help us understand and create that blueprint for our business because everything about our world has changed in the last year that there's a lot of reprogramming to do. So, even us as leaders, we're having to do a little bit of reprogramming because it's like we've created more time in our world. We can probably sh- be shifting that in some way to be working on something else in our business.
1: Yeah, awesome. So you guys have coaches and you're focused on the right thing. So let's talk about recruiting for a minute. Who does the recruiting?
2: I have a sales director on my team that is in charge of recruiting. I'm in charge of agent attraction and she is the one who brings them in and strategizes and takes them through our interview process.
1: Okay, and your goal is to recruit how many agents per month
2: we are at we're two a month right now right that's not our goal that's not our goal
3: no okay (laughs) 12 a quarter right now 12 recruits
1: a quarter so that would mean between now and the end of the year you're going to bring in 22 to 23 recruits because we're so
3: I, i think the so we have that many as far as recruits but we expect to be net 12 by end of year, just based off, you know, the standard attrition rate that we have in the market, as well as just in general, who might not be a great fit for the culture.
1: Okay. But based on the systems that you guys now have in place, you're going to find that will it actually attract agents to you rather than push them away, at least the correct agents. You won't even get those agents you had before. They won't be attracted to this model. But You will have much better retention rates than you've had in the past. So, yes. So, based on what you just said, if you're going to bring in, say, 22 to 24 new people between now and the end of the year, I would say you will probably end the year above 20. So,
2: well, and we feel pretty good because I feel like we've, right now, recruiting wise, by the end of the month, we will have six people going into our first week of onboarding. So I'll already be at a total of 11 agents just by end of July. Okay, but Again, not knowing what, if they'll stay and all, that, all those things, of course, keeps us moving forward in our recruiting.
1: So what is your onboarding process? And I meet with so many people that were like, oh, I couldn't even onboard one, two, three a month. And now you guys have six going in all at once. So what is that process?
2: So, pretty much over the last year, we've just every single month have been getting better and better. And I think what we noticed the biggest problem we had in our business was we were only onboarding one agent at a time. And we gave that agent probably a little too long with us for us to realize that our goals didn't match, that it didn't feel like a win win relationship. So, we've been able to recognize who's meant to stay in our world sooner. And we've also been able to recognize that we need to bring on more people at the same time. So that way we're more efficient with our training and our onboarding and just making sure that we're setting those standards and helping them, you know, be able to meet those standards quickly.
1: Okay, so what happened? Like you guys have gone, you have five agents. Right now, as of this month, you will have 11 agents. That's more than double. Right. But- what shifted in your minds? What allowed this
3: to happen? We realized after going to all of these events, all of these masterminds, all of you know, our coaches that we've been painfully small. And so we've been experiencing a lot of the pains that comes with being a small team, you know, as far as leads and conversions and very concentrated on why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing the activities they need to convert leads or get leads or why don't, don't they want to do all these actions? the other thing that we realized is if we want to get Danny out of production we have to replace her production and we can't do that with a few agents we need right. more agents that are going to be able to produce that so okay. it's it's been a mindset shift completely and just a belief change from where we were previously well welcome welcome out
1: of that world <laughs> so Danny uh on the or Josh I don't know who this would be but <laughs> on the onboarding of these agents, has it been harder or do you expect it to be harder to onboard six agents than one this month?
2: We're becoming more efficient with these systems. I feel like this is very new in our world. We're talking probably only the last like 60 days is us getting really strategic about our onboarding. I put too much work into helping our new agents understand how to maybe write a contract or service a client when I needed them to just feel comfortable talking to people. So I feel like we've shifted the way we're onboarding because my goal is for agents to be able to close, you know, to have something under contract or to be able to close on their first transaction within the first 45 days of being on our team so that's really what made us go back through and see how our onboarding process is and making sure that we're putting all of the most important learning pieces in the front.
1: Okay. So you have six agents onboarding this month. How many are onboarding next month?
3: We actually we were supposed to have them spread out, but we decided let's bring them all in. <laughs> so, we're going to do all six and we've got more recruiting calls this week, so we'll probably have 3 to 4 for the next onboarding schedule
1: okay this is awesome because if you guys will have at least four every month four to six you're going to exceed your goal yes yep and not just your goal but all of your goals yes so
3: that's the plan
1: (laughs) so anyway just you guys making this shift is going to allow you to truly grow and scale your business for danny to truly get out of production if she wants to So anyway, congratulations on that. So moving into your personal life. So you I know you guys have kids. Tell us about how many kids you have.
2: We have two girls, eight and four years old. We saw the trend. So we did quit after two (laughs) girls. We decided to have two dogs too, because we're like, okay, we're going to have two girls. We need to have two dogs. And we made sure that they're boys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you have four kids. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The boys are actually more work than the girls. I can tell you that.
2: All of the babysitters say that.
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. (laughs) Okay, so what do you guys like to do in your spare time?
2: Recently, we've been really having a lot of fun with vacationing with our kids. We're Mm -hmm. finally at that age now. I feel like that our kids are actually fun to go vacation with and see new places. And we already noticed that they're beach kids. So I guess we're going to be planning more beach vacations in our future.
1: Okay. Fun. So where's your favorite place?
2: Right now, we are really enjoying the panhandle of Florida.
1: Thirty-eight. Okay. So that, that's where you're going to be spending more time is in the yeah.
2: panhandle. Okay. Yep.
1: Great. Great. Well, what would you say has been the biggest source of learning for you guys? Like just if you were to give advice to somebody, like what is the best thing somebody could do to, to elevate their business, take it to, to that next level?
3: I'll say that the biggest thing, and I'll probably have the best one on this is just investing in your education, as well as investing your time with who you spend time with. It's really, you know, dedicating yourself to be around those people that can make you a better person, both personal and business, as well as they have knowledge to spread. So it's being willing to network and communicate with those people that have been successful in the business that you want to be successful in. Yes.
2: So getting coaches into our life. And I think that was for both of us too, is that for a while, we thought I was the only one who needed to be coached because I'm the agent in production. And I felt like us being able to have coaches, not just on real estate sales, but to have coaches on leadership and coaches that help us in business has really been the biggest shift for us. And I feel like I'm yelling on the rooftop, telling everyone that they need a coach in their life.
1: Cool. Awesome. Congratulations. Is there anything else you guys want to share before we wrap up today?
2: No, I just feel like it's crazy to be. I've been expressing to everyone that it took me five years to really learn what I wanted out of a real estate team and how it could turn into a business and how I can obtain freedom that being a real estate agent doesn't mean you're going to be opening doors for the rest of your life. So I feel like now I've been just trying to pay it forward with letting people know that being able to invest into getting a coach and being able to see how other real estate businesses are being ran and how it doesn't need to be fully dependent on the agent who started the business.
1: Okay, awesome. Everyone, Josh and Danny Hampton, thank you for joining today. I just want you guys to all make note of this because I know there are so many people listening that are in that world of how do I get out of production? That is probably the biggest, biggest hurdle that anyone in real estate who starts a team, you start a team and you think that's going to happen, and it ends up, you end up working harder because you have to, to be profitable because you're now paying salaries and doing other things. And now you guys have figured out the secret formula. You're onboarding six agents this month. You're onboarding four to six agents the next month and the next month and the next month. <laughs> and so it's, it's going to be fun to see checking back in with you guys, you know, in nine to 12 months where you're at. So congratulations. Thanks for joining me on the show. And to all of you listeners, if you'll go out and give us a rating, that will help us get more great team owners and others to join the podcast. So thank you all. And we'll see you next week.
2: Thank you. Thanks,
0: Brian. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset, on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.